Dan Radio Style. Hope everybody out there is having themselves a great day. You've got desires that aren't being fulfilled necessarily. Maybe they're kind of working. Maybe they sort of aren't. But it's been a little bit frustrating maybe at times for you. I think this is a great chapter that Neville Goddard writes. It's uh, The book is out of this world. It's chapter one. And this is the third video I've done on it. It's so intense. There's little sections that just are beautiful the way they come together. And this particular one, there's really two key points that jump out to me in how you can actually alter your future, how you can actually change. And he talks about from this moment of the instance, from the moment of the change, you actually create a new reality from that point forward. And he talks about how that unfolds. And there's two major components that come into play. One, are you looking at the world through your real senses, and that's what you're seeing, and using that information and data to decide whether or not your manifestation is working, whether or not your manifestation is happening, whether or not, is there some marker out in your life, maybe a third party, maybe that someone has the job that you particularly want right now, maybe you just saw someone walk into the house, your dream home, maybe you just saw somebody that just took your parking place, and you're like, oh, what am I going to do now? Maybe something is happening in your outer world that's causing you to question what's going on in your manifestation. And a lot of the times when we do that, when we go down that path, we start to entertain negative thoughts. We start entertaining negative feelings. We start entertaining things that aren't necessarily true. Sometimes we just start making stuff up in our minds. But either way, when we're focusing on the outer world of how something is not correct, and we let that cause some sort of feeling, we're causing a major damage to our manifestation. The way you do it is to use your spiritual mind, as he says. The carnal mind's the one that's like, hey, this isn't really here. The spiritual mind's like, no, imagine it with me. Let, me. let me show you how to create in life. Let me show you the secret. I want you to imagine with me. I want you to pretend and make believe like a child. And I want you to spend time in this thought and this feeling of this thing that you desire. Be with it. Be with it in a wonderful embrace. Be with it as long and as possibly as real as you could possibly make it. And when you do that, now you're on track. No question about it. When you hold that thought, anytime the real world pops up, no, no, go back to this thought. Go back to the spiritual mind and focus on where you're going. Obviously, you don't have what you want right now. Otherwise, you wouldn't be watching a manifestation video, right? So, of course, you're heading out in the direction you want to go. So, the spiritual focus is the key part. The other key part is change can only happen from within inside ourselves. It's the only way the outer world can change is the internal world. And I don't just mean thoughts and, and words that you say inside your mind. I mean the way you generally feel about who you are, what you deserve, what life should be presenting to you, and what you're planning on becoming. Holding that vision or consciousness is how you get to the newer level. You've got to enhance how you feel about yourself. You have to change what's going on inside yourself. You can't have places inside yourself where you're angry at people all the time, where you're pointing at others going, you need to change, and you need to change, and you need to change. Well, hmm, no. You're seeing a bunch of stuff you don't like because you need to change. The, the, the adage is you point, you point, and three fingers are pointing back at you. You 
And that's like, yeah, but me three times more. It is a problem when you point at people and say, you're the one with the problem. You're the one that has to change. You're the one that needs to do something different. When we do that, we push it outside of ourselves and we truly aren't understanding how creation happens. It happens from who you are right now, the beliefs you hold, the understanding you have, the way you feel about money, the, the choices that you make regarding other people, kindness, love, all these things, whatever it is you're trying to manifest, where you're at with that and how you ex exemplify that to the world is a big part of becoming and having that which you desire. We're going to let Goddard cover it from here on out. and Stop wasting time for everybody. So we go into chapter one. And this is actually the very beginning of the chapter, which is cool. Many persons, myself included, have observed events before they occurred. That is, before they occurred in this world of three dimensions. Since man can observe an event before it occurs in the three dimensions of space, life on earth must proceed according to plan, and this plan must exist elsewhere in another dimension and be slowly moving through our space. If the occurring events were not in this world when they were observed, then to be perfectly logical, they must have been out of this world. And whatever is there to be seen before it occurs here must be predetermined from the point of view of man awake in a three-dimensional world. Thus, the question arises, are we able to alter our future? My object in writing these pages is to indicate possibilities inherent in man to show that man can alter his future. But, thus altered, it forms again a deterministic sequence starting from the point of interference a future that will be consistent with the alteration. The most remarkable feature of man's future is its flexibility. It is determined by his attitudes rather than his acts. The cornerstone on which all things are based is man's concept of himself. He acts as he does and has the experience that he does because the concept of himself is what it is, and for no other reason. Had he a different concept of self, he would act differently. A change of concept of self automatically alters his future, and a change in any term of his future series of experiences reciprocally alters his concept of self. Man's assumptions, which he regards as insignificant, produce effects that are considerable. Therefore, man should revise his estimate of an assumption and recognize its creative power. All changes take place in consciousness. The future, although prepared in every detail in advance, has several outcomes. At every moment of our lives, we have before us the choice of which of several futures we will choose. There are two actual outlooks on the world possessed by everyone, a natural focus and a spiritual focus. The ancient teachers called the one the carnal mind, the other the mind of Christ. We may differentiate them as ordinary waking consciousness governed by our senses and a controlled imagination governed by our desire. We recognize these two distinct centers of thought in the statement, The natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness unto him. Neither can he know them, for they are spiritually discerned. The natural view confines reality to the moment called now. To the natural view, the past and future are purely imaginary. The spiritual view, on the other hand, sees the contents of time. It sees events as distinct and separate as objects in space. The past and future are a present whole to the spiritual view. 
What is mental and subjective to the natural man is concrete and objective to the spiritual man. The habit of seeing only that which our senses permit renders us totally blind to what we otherwise could see. To cultivate the faculty of seeing the invisible, we should often deliberately distangle our minds from the evidence of the senses and focus our attention on an invisible state, mentally feeling it and sensing it until it has all the distinctness of reality. The desires which impel us to action are those that hold our attention. A desire is but an awareness of something we lack or need to make our life more enjoyable. Desires always have some personal gain in view. The greater the anticipated gain, the more intense is the desire. There is no absolutely unselfish desire. Where there is nothing to gain, there is no desire, and consequently, no action. The spiritual man speaks to the natural man through the language of desire. The key to progress in life and to the fulfillment of dreams lies in ready obedience to its voice. Unhesitating obedience to its voice is an immediate assumption of the wish fulfilled. To desire a state is to have it. As Pascal has said, you would not have sought me had you already had found me. Man, by assuming the feelings of his wish fulfilled and then living and acting on this conviction, alters the future in harmony with his assumption. The way it feels to me when I'm doing this is when I see it and feel it in my mind, right? When I get myself to that place where I'm experiencing it in my mind, I have some object or scene that I'm actually in. I'm kind of seeing it from my perspective. I'm dancing around in it. And as I see and feel the experience and it starts to crystallize in my mind, in my head, I realize it's all, it's real. I realize there is a reality that exists where this is so because it's clear in my mind, because I can see it and feel it. And I know at that point, I literally have created a reality. That's why it's clear. Like for me, sometimes the first couple times I try to imagine stuff, it's not real solid. It's a little fuzzy. It's a little hazy. Like it's like the, the, the vision has to kind of percolate and then eventually become physical in the outer dimension, world, fourth dimension, whatever. And when it's there, when it's stable there, then in my mind at the same time, like I feel like that's how it works. Now, once I know it's there, I truly realize that steps are going to show themselves to me on how I get there. I don't know what it is, and I don't know how. I don't know where I'm going to go, any obstacles that may exist in my way. I don't know how I'm getting around them. But what I do truly know is that this thing exists for sure, and I am going there. That is what I know. Don't know how. So I continue to pay attention to what's going on in life. I continue to notice what's being shown to me, and all the while continuing to hold the destination, the focus, the reality of where I'm going. It may not be apparent to me yet. I might not see it yet, but that's okay. I know it's real. I can still see it in my mind, and I spend a lot of time in my mind looking at it, seeing it, experiencing it, being with it. And as I keep taking steps forward, I keep getting that much closer to the, where the space and time exists, where this thing is finally solidified in my life, and I get to experience it with my senses. A lot of us get so hung up on what we, quote, see around us. We get so hung up on that carnal mind part of ourselves. We get so hung up on the fact that I don't see it right now, or I see an obstacle. 
What he's talking about here is let go of that. It doesn't matter. If you can see clearly, if you can see it and then feel it and live in the wish fulfilled, have something that's so real that you can actually feel it and know that you're going there and know that it's real for sure and keep stepping towards it, whatever it is. I don't know what tomorrow's going to hold. Something might pop up that might lead you one step closer to your person. Maybe you'll decide to send someone an email instead of something else, and you'll share a story that was really interesting to you, and it's your SP, and you're like, yeah, I think they like this kind of stuff. I don't know. It's kind of weird, but I'm going to just, normally I would text them. I'm going to send an email, see what happens. And, you know, or maybe you decide that you bump into somebody, and you're like, hey, you know, there's a movie playing. You want to go check it out? Or, hey, you want to go get some coffee? Yeah, I'd love to. Or do you want to go get some cocoa, right? I mean, something might happen and pop up that'll be coincidental, quote unquote, that will seem like it points you in the direction. Or sometimes you just might start talking to somebody and there might be something interesting about them. And in the course of the conversation, you realize they work at the company that you want to work at. Now, all of a sudden, you know somebody that works there. Doors open up when we follow our desire when we can see it with our mind's eye and feel it as real, and then when we realize that spiritually there's a way to get there, and we've just got to go through the increments of life, the moments of life, the experiences of life, for it to finally, for us to reach that space and time where this thing is crystallized. And that's it. It's like a, a, like walking through a garden and laying out footsteps, footstones, right? Things to walk on so you don't trample the garden itself. It's the same concept with how our manifestations unfold. And so many of us take a step and then look around and go, I'm not there yet. I don't think I should take any more steps. But the reality is the steps are where your journey is. The steps are where the destination will be found. The steps are highlighting the path to your dream. Believe you can get there, see it with your eyes, and just keep walking towards it regardless of not seeing it. When you do that, you will find your dream. It's Dan Radio Style.